What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Renegade Marquee on the Renegade Pop Culture Podcast Network. My name is Mike. I'll be your host this evening. Joining me to my left is Mr. Brock. Good evening, Mr. Wake. And down below, we've got uh, Kiona. Hello. And uh, the and on the bottom left, we have the disembodied head of Nick. <laughs> I don't have a profile pic, so I'm going to very, very cheesy and very corny do a recite of one of the lines from these movies. We will serve and we will be of service. And today, today we get to talk about John Wick Chapter 4, while also paying a little bit tribute towards the end for... Mr. Lance Reddick. But before we get there, um, I want to hear everyone's thoughts about the John Wick franchise before we dive into chapter four. Nick, I'll start with you. Since you and I recently binged uh, the first three movies, um, what are your thoughts on the franchise? I am a particularly big fan of these movies, mostly just for the... Mostly just for the, mostly for the fact, really, that we have a series of hard R action movies that don't skimp on the violence, that don't just, you know, dumb it down for a PG-13 audience, that, you know, actually keeps the plot not convoluted. My thing is that I, my thing that I will say is that I do agree with Chris Stuckman to some degree that I do think that the first movie is the best one up until this point. Let's just say that for right now. But I do think that the first movie probably was the best of the first three just because the motivation for him killing people, it's the most justifiable and understandable. And that end, it's the most grounded of the three, I feel. And that end, the fact that, again, they stole his car and killed his dog. Like, do I need to say anything more? That's more than enough reason for you to want to watch him kill people. But no, that's not to say that's a slight against two or three. I think two and three are very good action movies. But that's all I can really say about them is that they're both really good, strong action movies. I can't really say anything that's that articulate or that amazing about them because, well you can kind of say the same compliments and negatives about both of them really. Yeah. I think, I think I kind of agree with that, especially on my most recent rewatch. I'd say the first movie is absolutely. It, it's, it's actually, actually one of my favorite action movies of all time. Like I I've seen that one the most. I, because every time I there's a new John Wick, it's like one of the first things I do is go back to the beginning and binge them all. Um, it has the clearest motivation for any action hero. Um, like the second the second you hear that like that puppy um, like wailing, you know, oh, everyone has to die now. 
Yeah, like that that's my thing about these movies is just that I will say as a positive towards two and three, they do kind of build off of each other super well leading into this one. It kind of just feels like it just takes what made that first movie so good to begin with and just says, okay, how do we sprinkle in a little bit more? Like, let's throw some world building into the mix. Let's beef up the scale rather than just have it be he's going around New York shooting people in the face. Does it super well, and you really have to admire all three of these movies up to this point. Plus, it helps that um, throughout the first three movies, like it, like they only span about what a week, a week, which which is just kind of impressive how how well they thought out the world building in in these movies. Oh, absolutely. And just kind of to go back on what I was saying when we were talking about Scream 6 when that came out, the continuities held up super well and no plot holes that I could, I could never once went throughout any of these three movies went, that doesn't line up with what happened in this movie. It all is pretty streamlined, simple, direct and makes sense. Exactly. Brock, what about you? Your thoughts on the franchise overall? Oh, it's my favorite action series of all time. I absolutely love them. I like I told you about the first ones. I've I think it's the best um, hype up and then delivery of an action hero in action history. You have the whole entire beginning just talking about how no. You do not fuck with John Wick. What have you seen John Wick do? Feed his dog cereal and then go drive his car and then be sad. Like you had the little in media resmo, but other than that, you've seen nothing. And then he gets mugged by gets mugged by the kid and his friends and they kill his dog. And then you're like, okay. And then the very first thing that happens, it goes to John Leguizamo's garage. And this guy is supposed to be the son of the most powerful gangsters in all of New York. He goes into his garage and they f- immediately knows who the car is from and he immediately wants nothing to do with it. And then he just slaps the taste clean out of it and tells him to go. And the first thing that happens, he calls, you struck my son. That's right, I did. Can I ask why? Well, uh, he stole John Wick's car and killed his dog. Oh. 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 <laughs> the entire movie is sold off that phone call. Yes. Oh. And then, like, then they just keep going. And then it's like, he once killed three people with a pencil. And then the, and then he's just like, so what, he's the boogeyman? No, he's the guy you send to kill the fucking boogeyman. And, like, this is before you've seen John do anything. It's the best buildup ever. And then, yeah. like, the first one also has a lot of just the moments that you don't get in the second and third ones because it's all delivery. Like when they go to his house after he takes up his guns and stuff and he kills everyone and then the cop just stops by everything okay yeah just sorting some stuff out he just he just looks in you working again not exactly okay yeah you have a good night john (laughs) just turns away because everybody's like nope not doing it i'm just like i'm just gonna leave this situation alone and but yeah and that was it was the most 
pure, concise version in the story. And then two was the odd half step where they went from, it was a great action film that had great action scenes in it. But then Chad and Keanu kind of went, we could do a bit more. And then that was the weird half step in two where it went from being John Wick between a mix of John Wick one and three. And then John Wick three was just every other second. You're like, how the actual hell did they think of that and shoot it? And then four just through the freaking roof with that freaking drone scene. But yeah, they're just, the action's great. The world building's insane. None of the dialogue is overdone. Is another thing I appreciate too. Like Keanu is the like Wick is the most simple guy. He's like, I'm gonna need a gun. That's like almost every line he has in the movie, and it's great. And I never care. And um, it's also grounded because he's doing all this stuff for a reason. He's just trying to get out of this. And um, you don't make movies that they introduce six new assassins. I knew every one of them was gonna die, but I'm upset that every one of them dies because they were all great. I'm just like, okay, exactly. John's going to murder you. But last comment, I'll go so everyone else can talk. I, I know I've told you about this, and I'm pretty sure Avengers is key on. It has my favorite your fucked moment of a henchman in any movie ever is in that second movie. I want to say it's a Benelli shotgun. It's an Italian riot shotgun. That It's the part where he's sitting up the whole cave entrance to go and assassinate that guy's sister that has the mark on him. And then as he's coming back out, that's the guy pins him up against the wall of the shotgun. It's empty. So the guy thinks he's fine. No. What does John do? Kick the barrel harder into the guy's chest. He reloads the shotgun while the guy is kicking, screaming, and begging for his life, and then blows him away. It's like, how have we been doing action movies for twice as long as I've been alive, and it took that long to do that? It was just simple stuff that makes him look badass, and it was fantastic. I just... Well, that- that's one of the things about these movies, though. It plays to Keanu's strengths. He's a great stuntman. He's a great, like, on-camera action hero. And it just kind of plays to what makes him cool in all of these movies. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You're not going to get a person who cares more about the craft, as in my opinion, as an actor, who doesn't turn into a I-love-to-do-method-acting jackass than Keanu. He's one of those people that understands it's a movie, but also treats it like this is my job. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do a good job. I'm going to go train and I'm going to do the best effort that I can, but I'm not sending rodents and condoms to my coworkers when I'm not shooting. Like he, he's the one, one of the actors that rides that really fine line between being a professional and turning into a narcissistic douchebag. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I really like that about him. And like, he's worked with Chad since the matrix movies. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of trust and it's just, it you know, it's crazy that people like action more in movies when you get a person that's a stunt director that understands that action looks good when you can actually see it happening. Yeah, exactly. Film the action. Oh, yeah. Yes. Insane. Have it all be practical in camera and just have it yeah. be something that's grounded and realistic to some degree despite some pretty unrealistic things we'll get into talking about the fourth movie but just as long as it just doesn't look like something like it just looks like it's as long as it's not something that looks like it's just them dancing like in the star wars prequels or something all good that suit is car proof he he's perfectly fine there's no broken ribs nothing (laughs) more more on that later for now oh yeah (laughs) 
Kiona, your general thoughts on the Wick franchise. Okay, so uh, having not seen four, I'll just talk about one through three. Um, but it's okay that you guys spoil it. It's fine. Um, I, for me, it's it's all about like it's all about character. It's all about world building, and it's all about like how they how they have meticulously just created these action sequences, just based around the idea of John Wick being this incredibly skilled, incredibly like awe-inspiring assassin. So what I really loved about it is like is like you said, Brock, the buildup to where mm -hmm. he first comes on scene. And also the fact that you know that uh that uh what's his name from Game of Thrones is seriously fucked in the ass because he killed his dog. Um this is just it's deliciously set up. I just I love the fact that you know you can you can do anything in an action movie, but you can't kill a guy's dog. Yep. Like, that is the worst thing you could possibly do, especially when it's a really adorable puppy that is his dead wife got for him. That is it. Like, you will have everybody in the theater screaming for your balls. Mm -hmm. So what they did there was really great. And also the fact that, you know, um, they just... The whole thing about the Papa Yaga, you know, it's just, it's brilliant. Also the those stylistic movies, subtitles. Yes. yes, exactly. I was just going to say, the those movies just have a way of, like, the way that the world is presented, even though it's not, like, it's so odd to me. It's, it's, it's so, like, post-cyberpunk, kind of, in a way. Weird. Like, it's super, like, it's yeah, like I mean. punk almost. I, I almost think, yeah, I almost think that, like, um. I, I kind of think of the John Wick movies as being an unofficial Matrix sequel in a way until they made that goddamn Matrix Resurrections. Um, but like, <laughs> you know, I mean, like, seriously, though, like the way that it's set up, it could be another revolution of the Matrix. If you think about it, you got Lawrence Fishburne in there, which, does quote again, is not something that Matrix Resurrections did. But anyway, um, I just think that, like, you know, in terms of like the world building and stuff, that's the thing that I really loved about two and three is the fact that even though a little bit of the myth, the, the myth surrounding John Wick is sort of taken away, like he's, you know, like the assassins start coming for him now. It's like nobody's really as afraid of him as they should be. Mm -hmm. But I think it's because of the fact that they're emboldened by like, you know, he's excommunicado at this point. So it's like, you know, we got nothing to lose. We can make our name based on if we kill this guy. Like, mm -hmm. let's go for it and just give it a shot. What the hell? So, like, Chapter 2 for me had one of the, like, it's the soundtrack, first of all. Like, let's talk about the soundtracks to these yes. movies. My God, it's freaking awesome. Um, I, I love the sequence in, like, the nightclub and, like, the... Um, the sort of like cathedral esque area, like that he goes into in John Wick Chapter Two, and I really I I enjoyed that. So like, there's certain things, certain set pieces, and certain like like character beats and stuff in in the second one that I really really loved. Reflection um, of the soul is one of my all time favorite scenes in the entire franchise. Yes, yes, that was really awesome. Uh, I I just think that like. Just having this idea of of there being this weird like 
honor bound, duty bound assassin like underground that's happening in these movies. I just find that really incredible and interesting. And it's something that not a lot of action movies would do because everybody's so concerned with keeping things grounded and keeping everything so realistic. And I like the fact that th this is so comic booky or this is so like, it's, it's a little bit of like, in a way, sci-fi fantasy. Like you a add a little, a little bit. bit of that to it. And I just, I kind of love that. And I love that it's a, it's an ancient sort of sect of like people that are just living beneath the surface that you don't really know. And it's covered by this veneer of civility. And it's just really interesting to me. Like, yeah, I can't wait to see four. I'm, I'm very excited to see it. And I just, you know, given, given what's, given what's happened now with uh, the passing of Lance Reddick, I, I think that, I think that like at this point, I wouldn't do any more like John Wicks. I hope that they don't after four. I, I a hundred percent agree. Having, seen the movie, the movie. probably yeah. the least of the four of yeah. us here but yeah <laughs> I, yeah so this uh, spoiler alert guys we we really think you should go watch this like immediately yeah yes. come so, back and play the rest of it later yeah but watch It'll it first. Be here. watch it first don't be like me but it's okay because i have extenuating circumstances but um it's uh yeah uh, i just think that like Oh yeah, the third one. So I want to see the third one. First of all, ninja on motorbikes will always be a thing for me, and I'll always love it, and I'll always go and watch a movie that has any any kind of ninja motorbike action action sequence. Um, also, shout out to Mark Tacascos for that movie. Uh, um, zero. Yes, zero. Yes, yes. Thank you, because. I loved his character in that movie. I know that some people probably thought that it was super cheesy. Oh, I right. loved it because here he is just being a hard ass. And then all of a sudden he gets in there and he's like total fanboy. Yep. Love, love, love that. And their fight is pretty freaking awesome. I mean, like that, that is some definite game of death shit right there. So like, I am, I'm super happy with the John Wick movies. I think it's definitely up there with my favorite action franchises. It's, a revitalization that was needed for action movies. And definitely, uh, in my opinion, just like the entire franchise as a whole for me is just like up there with like John Woo's whole like oeuvre, I guess. Three is the one that's got the scene when they're going through the, the building complex and he hits yeah. the guy like seven times with throwing knives in the floor, right? Yes. Yes. Ah, yes. It also has the it also has a scene in in the library where yes uh, he breaks he his death by book <laughs> and he's building the revolver as the guys are coming. Yeah, I love it. I I love I love everything about these movies. Let me just say, like I'm not. I also liked in in three. I also liked the fact that they kind of they hint at his history, and. You know, and, and it, it creates a, a mystery. His history creates a mystery because you're, as a viewer, you don't know exactly what happened to make him join this this whole like underground secret society. And I just, I love the fact that I don't want to see it revealed. Honestly, I hope in four they didn't reveal it because I, I want to be left with that and let my imagination sort of fill in the blanks in a way. So I just, I really enjoyed that. The, just the whole franchise, yeah. 
All right, so now we can move on to yes. chapter four, which I have now seen three times because yes. I just I just love everything about this movie. Um, I'm sorry I won't have much to say about it, but you know I'll just be silent. I just <laughs> wanted a week to process it all. Yeah, I think that I think that's more than fair because there is there there is a lot to process. Um, Brock, um, so I I told you before that there are um, not action scenes but action suites, mm -hmm. and I've count I've counted four of them. Um, but before we get there, just um, to those who didn't watch our our previous review, your thoughts on chapter four? It's a three-hour thrill ride that just the brakes were never installed on the vehicle when it got sent out for distribute. It's just, it's unreal. It has my favorite action scene in a movie of all time. Kiona, this is going to get talked about, so I'm just going to mention it off the top. There is mm -hmm. a scene where they are in a living, a apartment boarding style complex and it's and they do it twice. They have the balls to go back into it, and the whole thing probably takes about twenty minutes. Where there's a fight scene with John Wick against probably thirty men, equipped with dragon's breath, flame ammo, and it's shot from a top view, like a dungeon crawler with a drone. Oh my god, that's so. Yeah, I get it now. When it's when somebody said Hotline Miami, I get it. Pretty much. It's, yeah fucking insane and it's a continuous if there's if there's editing in it they hit it well but it's basically one shot the entire time it breaks it's the fourth insane. wall and without breaking the fourth wall basically awesome. yeah that and then they go so out of good. it and they go out of it to regular view and then you're like oh that was really cool i really like that then they go for about two minutes he goes back in and they fucking did it again <laughs> it's like y'all have balls of steel for like this and they didn't ruin it they still did it it's so it's so good so let me ask you this so like was this also um either written or co-written co by uh derek kolstad no okay this is yeah the, this is the first one to not be written by him okay. yeah this time this time it's written by shay hatton and michael finch Okay. Shea Hatton is um, probably best known right now for um, his collaborations with Zack Snyder. He wrote okay. Army of the Dead, Army nice. of Thieves, and he's doing Rebel Moon. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's yeah. something to look forward to then. But, like, the reason I bring that up is because, like, if, if you know, if they could do this in a John Wick movie, then I have some hope for that Streets of Rage movie. That I, I, told, I told Mike there was three main tenets that I think were put up on a whiteboard before this movie got made. <laughs> Chad and Keanu and the, and the writer went into the room and were like, all right, there are three things that we've realized that have lacked in the John Wick movies before this. One, automobile-centric fatalities. <laughs> Two, shots to the groin. Oh boy, <laughs> is there some groin damage delivered in this movie? And three, hatchets. Fucking tons of hatchets. Hold Those on, the there's thing. a fourth. Nunchucks. Fourth. Oh, nunchucks. But like, it's that one in there. I'm like, throughout the whole movie, it's goes. But like, yeah, it's... It is some of the most stylish 
shit I've ever seen. The lighting is unfucking believable. Mm-hmm. And with just, that, yeah. I'm sorry. What was that? I was actually just gonna say, just uh, with chapter three having a subtitle and this one dropping that. I was actually just going to say with chapter four, the subtitle should have just been called John Wick chapter four, the nutcracker. The nutcracker. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Perfect. Not far off. There is a scene where a guy is loading a lever action rifle, ready to kill him. He sticks his, he says nuts. The dog goes, grabs the guy by the groin and pulls him across the ground back to his owner. And he gets a shot between the dome. <laughs> right between the eyes it's fucking <laughs> phenomenal but uh yeah i just everything in it is so stylized yeah it's ridiculous the sound effects i had another thing that i wanted to bring up and now i just oh now it's oh it has one of the most just like the john wick movies genuinely have like slower starts that build into the first action scene i yes. go to my regular theater it's just a, a not a part of a chain or anything. I live in a town of like 3,400 people. But um, there, the beginning of this is some of the loudest. I almost got heart palpitations from the start of this movie. There's a scene where Lawrence Fishburne is, I can't remember the exact, it's an exact thing he's quoting, but I'm blanking it off the top of my head. And as he's walking, doing this big speech, and then John is just full force punching a plank of wood to like get himself in. And these raps sound like thunder striking the building. It's unreal. And it's so good. And it's so overdone in the best way humanly possible. This this is the reason you see this movie in Dolby for the, for the sound design. Because it's oh, um, intense. And also, <laughs> just before, I, before it go on, Donnie Yen might be the best addition to these films ever. He is a blind assassin that fights people using fucking doorbells. <laughs> Motion sensor doorbells. Because I'm like, okay, how the hell is John Wick going to get taken out by a blind man? He's schooled everyone that has all their senses. And then they have this big scene where he's just waiting on a group of people. He's just sitting, eating ramen, pinned up against the wall after he's got hired, eating ramen, waiting for somebody. He's like, you're going to fucking do something? And then he finally gets up, and these people are coming through, and you see him slap these things on a wall, and I'm like, the fuck? And then they come running through, and it's, ding, ding! There were motion sensor fucking doorbells. And he says, oh, there they are. Boom, boom, boom! I'm like, that's so fucking dumb. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I mean, not only do you get Donnie Yen in this movie, you also get Hiroyuki Sonata. Yes. Oh, yeah. The Ring, the Japanese The Ring, yes. the Wolverine. Like, yes. every action movie needs him in it. I know. I every know. action and horror movie needs to have him in it. Yeah. And also Scorpion. Yeah, it is. There's a specific moment that happens in this movie that brings it full circle that, oddly, no one talks enough about. There is a... It'll be the last thing I talk about, the last spoiler, because there is a spoiler that made me 14 times as mad about Lance Reddick dying that happens in this movie because... Oh, man. Lance don't make it out of this movie. Really? But, and, and it's mm. within the, like, first five minutes. Oh, God, shit. But, anyway, they do a really good line in a boat in a boat later on, but I'll let someone talk about that. It's one of the best ways you could have sent off Lance's character. There I mean, is a scene is. where there's a character that is accompanied by a dog. 
guess what? They remember dogs made fight scenes really cool. And there was a point where this guy is one of the people sent after John to take him out. And then it gets to a point of where he finally gets the amount of money he wants in order to take out John because he feels the services aren't being rendered and he's going to help John until then. And then there becomes a point where he's having a fight with this guy and this guy's dog, you're like, if it comes after John, John's not going to be able to kill a dog. He's just not. Mm -hmm. And then another person comes by that is going to come after him, hits the dog down and is about to kill the dog. So John Wick chooses between killing the guy who's trying to kill him and takes out the guy that was about to kill that dude's dog. It is a really great full circle moment mm -hmm. that almost no one talks about when I watch the movie with them. And it shocks me. I'm like, y'all remembered that this started because of that, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. and there's, oh, I guess I'm like, you guess? Did you forget about the most adorable puppy you've ever seen in cinema history die painlessly and then him murder 400 people probably to this point because of that dog? <laughs> yeah. All right. My only correction to that sentence is painlessly and 400. That's, that's all I really got to say. Just I would change pain, change that to painfully and at no, least No, I mean painlessly, meaning <laughs> I it, uh, what uh, I meant was <laughs> it caused him no harm to kill 300 people uh, because they did that. Okay, yeah. I, that's I what, what I meant. Did. That's okay. what I meant. I, I meant effortlessly, but like painlessly to him, it caused him no harm yeah. to kill these people. <laughs> I loved every one of the new characters in the movie. Uh, Akira was my favorite. Mike, didn't you say that was her first time acting? Yep. Well, well to be clear, big, it, big it was role. her first um, feature role. Fe feature role. That's what it was. For those who what? don't know, that's um, the the pop singer um, Re uh, Rena. I'm going to try not to butcher her last She's name. A pop singer. I didn't know that. Rena, sorry. Hello, uh, Manny and Tattooed sorry. Hero. Everybody who is watching, Sawayama I really or something? appreciate it. Sawayama, I think, is her last name. Yeah, um, Sa Sawayama. Yeah. Any anyway, Nick, your your thoughts on uh, Chapter 4? I think it could very well be the best entry in the entire series. I think that it just takes everything that made 1, 2, and 3 great to begin with. It's a lot of the criticisms against this movie I find absolutely ridiculous, like towards the writing side of things. If you're expecting the Godfather Apocalypse Now or Platoon out of a John Wick movie, then you're not going to be pleased. I don't expect the dialogue to be absolutely riveting in a series of movies where a lot of Keanu's lines is, I'm going to need a gun which that's not even, that's not a slight against his acting Whoa. or anything because it's like i go in wanting to see this i go in wanting to see him want to beat the crap out of people and shoot them in the face because he just does it so well and the fact that these stunts are done all in camera like that entire final action sequence on top of uh leading up to the church in paris the fact that they threw him down the stairs, which, yeah, not realistic, but the fact that they did it in camera, it's like, okay, I, I can still get behind this and be into this because it's like you're actually watching him tumble down the stairs. Too 
it's all done practically <laughs> and looks awesome. No, it's uh, the, just the fact that it just takes everything that just makes all of these movies great and just makes it into basically the return of the king of action movies. I just think that it's it's uh, Stahelski and Keanu Reeves' crowning achievement at this point. I think it's it deserves all of the praise that it's been getting. And yeah, I... <laughs> I, I hate to be one of those types that just goes after critics criticizing a movie, but at the same time, I just kind of am going like, what are you on about? Like going going like this isn't a well super well written movie. Like, are you expecting Oscar bait out of a John Wick movie, or are you wanting to go watch a really well made action movie that feels like it takes influence from things like Ke Keona brought up a really good one with uh john woo flicks being an influence mm -hmm. i was actually going to say a lot of like japanese action movies yeah. a lot yeah. of stuff like luke Besson. yes stuff like that you can really see the dna of all of the best action movies internationally yes. all over this thing and yes it goes without saying donnie yen is the best addition to this movie absolutely absolutely the fact that he kind of rides that line of like yeah he's on the side of our villain in this movie but at the same time we still really like him he and he's super well written and you want to see more of him and how on the nose his name is he's a blind man named kane yeah, exactly. I so. love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and he gets arguably the best fuck you in any action movie. <laughs> he does. Yes. yes, he does. That sounds amazing. So, uh, I just have very little complaints about it, so I might not sound as exciting as I was maybe when we were talking about Scream 6 or like some of the albums me and Mike talk about, but I mean, you know... Everything you've heard about this movie is true. It's as good as people are making it out to be. So, Kiona, I said earlier that this movie doesn't have action scenes. It has action suites. And yes. I've counted at least four of them. The first one is set in the Osaka Continental. And that's where we meet um, Koji, oh, played by uh, Hiroki Sonata. Nice. We then get the, um, the Berlin Suite which introduces us to um, Scott Atkins in a fat suit. <laughs> I totally saw the scene. I saw the scene great. on YouTube with him in it. And he's just, yeah. I, I, first of all, I'm, I like, I love him in that role. Oh, I am not a huge Scott Atkins in terms of acting fan. Like he's a really great stunt guy, but yeah. like in terms of like, in terms of like his acting, I've never seen him really like, chew a roll up like he's doing it here so yeah this, really this is a, this is the first time at least for me that i've seen atkins actually play a yeah. character yeah like play a character yeah yeah exactly and and from and from what i understand like this is this is exactly what he wanted like he this is like how he got himself into the franchise because he yes. wanted to play something just something completely, completely ridiculous off the it's wall ridiculous. yeah I, yeah, I, I'm still baffled by how he's able to move in that suit. Like, I, I, I speculated that either, like, the suit was just very lightweight or he's just that jacked that he can, like, he can, like, punch and roundhouse kick, like, with all of that weight on him. I would, I would, I would say it's a little column A and column B. 
probably yeah. they probably had like the god lives life to be able to do this stuff and man that scene with them playing cards nick i have to ask you something because i yeah. asked mike this and i couldn't figure it out the legit only time i got pulled out of the movie a little bit <laughs> is that and it's a dumb action movie so i get it kane is blind yeah they play a game of ca- of five card draw in order to see who gets to kill John Wick. Mm-hmm. Kane knew exactly what his cards were without anyone telling him, including the off-suited card that wasn't a part of his four of a kind. Did those cards have Braille on them? <laughs> Again, uh, one <laughs> of my criticisms is was like what. <laughs> As a horror fan, I've seen dumber ways of weasel. Uh, I've the Saw movies have dumber ways of weaseling their ways out of plot holes. Here, I'm like, yeah, kind of would have to suspend your disbelief quite a bit. There, I will agree that is a legitimate. The the only way that's I like the only one though, phrase, like literally, but... that's it. The the only way that I can I can like explain that scene away is that. Some sometimes card like like the cardstock is like kind of textured, um, and maybe maybe like this is just a really nice deck of cards that like you can you can kind of tell what you're look what what it is without actually looking at it. But that's but that's like that's like um, that's a stretch. Yeah, it's a custom made deck of cards for the assassins. Probably is at this rate, <laughs> given this movie's universe. <laughs> but you know, yeah, exactly. But you know, you know, Nick, what you were saying about like how how people shouldn't expect like it's it this this ain't exactly Shakespeare. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I think I I totally agree. Where like it's for for John Wick, it's like it's a purity of character and motivation mm-hmm. that that he is not. You know, you're not going to see him just suddenly go into a a you know a philosophy discussion on like why i shouldn't kill people or why like you know this is this like why this is all so fucked up it's like you're not gonna get that in these movies and like you shouldn't either because it's an action movie and this is what he does somebody killed his fucking dog so like he's gonna go off and kill them yeah and that's that's the kinda, purity of motivation ki- to kind of address what you just said, Kiona, the only thing that I guess that I would recommend uh, people lodging that criticism against this movie, if you want something more deep for an action movie, just go watch The Raid 2 again and you'll be satisfied. Yeah, there, yes, yes, the, yes. There's precise. been a lot of really good comparisons to The Raid 2 with this, just given yeah, that it's coming from an action <laughs> series that, you know, just has a pretty standard hour and a half to two hour runtime, and this one's the epic. So. So you're saying it's not as realistic as Modoc? No, not let's just put it this way it's uh more realistic than a schwarzenegger movie but not as unrealistic <laughs> as a van damme movie yeah, also, true true that to go to your point nick one of my least favorite things is one when, when someone's yeah. complaint is the purpose not what the purpose of the movie is and then complaining yeah. that it's not there that is my yeah. least favorite thing i'm like i am no longer going to for a movie review ever if i see that because mm-hmm. you're literally mm-hmm. looking for things to do but like Mike has, are you saying Predator isn't a real life? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> not about Schwarzenegger. Um, 
<laughs> but uh Ding. Ones, like oh there there is there is story in it though and there, yeah, there it's, is. yes it's just not like it's always in the background of everything else going on but there are some deep moments in the movie that are yeah. really good like yeah. John talks to his dead wife right before the climax of the movie in like a cathedral and all of a sudden and Kane's there and he's like do you think she can hear you it's like no I don't then why do you do it because maybe I'm wrong and like there's a bunch of just really sweet scenes where it goes back to what was the whole point mm-hmm. he's upset because he doesn't know how to live life on his own and yeah. his wife sent him the dog to try and fix that problem because he yeah. knew he was going to have issues. She yeah. fixed his life for him to get out of a just shit that he was in. And yeah. that's always been there. It's just for the last two movies, it wasn't as present because the story was him trying to get out of shit that he got into because he was getting over stuff and he got drawn into it. Now when you're trying to get a close out of it, like we did with this movie and they're expecting, like they said, freaking Citizen Kane for some fucking reason that I never understood when people were reviewing this movie. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I'm just, why? Like, you got, the, you got, in my opinion, to this day now, with this, if nothing else gets done, even if more done, this is the most tight, concise, start-to-finish action series of all time. It came in to do what it wanted to do and left. Mm-hmm. Which is why I genuinely do believe they should not make any more after this. I think it... Not with him. I think it especially just... It really does just conclude John's arc. It concludes it pretty perfectly. I don't really imagine any other way that they could bring closure to this character. No, the way way they um, gave closure to Wick in this movie... I can't see a better. I can't see a better way um, that it was done. Um, but getting to the la- the last two um, action suites, yes. One one of the coolest ones was there's technically um, there's five, isn't there? Um, this entire arc, movie is the uh, action arc, movie. Arc, apartment complex with drone stairs. Yeah. Well, that Unless I I, I can, that I whole can, thing is one. Yeah, I consider that whole thing um, okay. the the Paris suite. It's like an hour long, Kiona. It just doesn't stop. Yeah, I'm I'm all for it. Oh, and, <laughs> and the setup for it is kind of brilliant. So, up in the Eiffel Tower, there's um, like there's a radio station, and the D, the DJ is basically um. Intro, like giving intros to very on the nose needle drops um, <laughs> that set up that set up the action. Oh yeah, and <laughs> there is a scene, Kiona, where John has to get from like he challenges how he's going to get out of it is like he still has a problem with the table, and now they sent an adjudicator, which is um not Stellan Skarsgård, Bill Skarsgård, Bill Skarsgård, who is the main villain of the movie. Ah. He's the one that like took out Lance and some other things and like destroyed the continental a lot. Winston? Shit. What about Winston? Winston's still alive. Okay. Win- Winston's good. But con- yeah, but and then all of a sudden um Winston brings up when they're meeting when they have kind of like a eulogy thing for um Charon 
that he's like yeah. challenging the singles combat it, into, into a duel. It's an old high table tradition that you can get out of this if you make that the rules. And then like they finally get it and he's in Paris, but it's going to happen in the morning and there's still a contract out on him. So if he doesn't make it there, Winston as his second gets killed because mm. Winston gets all his stuff back if John wins and all that, and he just needs to make it to the duel. So this that's the setup to getting there. So mm. then he goes to get into a car <laughs> to go there, and they stop at the arc. It is full four-lane traffic going around the Arc de Triomphe in a roundabout as they're having fight scenes with people in cars. He's stunt driving with the freaking doors off, getting out. People are jumping in between traffic, getting nailed by cars. It doesn't stop. It just... The, the last hour of the movie is him trying to get somewhere. It's mm-hmm. fucking insane. It's Which just, in yeah. lesser hands, that would be really boring just watching somebody just trying to get somewhere. But just yeah. the way they do it, just they just make it visually impressive to watch. And it never just... Yeah, a lot of preposterous things happen. Like, I genuinely don't understand how these bodies would have gotten cleaned up right away. I get it's a big roundabout, but still, like, would these cars have just ran over the bodies? (laughs) But at the same time, at the same time, I can't just help but go, man, I'm amazed at the way he's getting out of this, but I'm also still scared for his life. From, from what I understand, when they shot that scene, you know, they they pretty much mixed the stunt drivers with, like, actual oncoming traffic, and oh I don't God. know how on earth they pulled that off. How did they do that? And from what I was understand, Keanu did 90% of what he did on screen. Like, outside of falling out of buildings onto vans, he pretty much did everything. <laughs> yeah, that that's, that's the only thing that I kind of couldn't help but go... The fact that he's able to walk up like six flights of stairs like this to get to the duel. Hey, man, yeah, it's vehicle proof. That's what I'm telling you. (laughs) (laughs) There, that, that, those suits also are the best. There's a scene, Kiona, where he needs to change before the duel. And he's like, all right, we're getting ready for the duel. I'm going to take. He takes the suit off, and you hear like twenty shells falling out of the suit as he's taking it off. (laughs) That's cool. That's funny. Then he's taking the vest off, and more fucking bullets are dropping out of it. So it's like, no, they weren't missing him. They were hitting him every time. (laughs) He just had a bulletproof suit. That that's another thing that I'm really gonna praise about like the last act of this movie. They really do make the comedy feel like natural and organic. They don't. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel forced or just out of nowhere. Like it's just trying to be like, ah, it's just becoming self-parody at this point. Like no, like a lot of these jokes towards the last end of this movie, they land. Oh yeah. Like the like the one the one that got my audience um, howling pretty much every time was af- after the whole stairs thing and um, and Mr. Nobody's dog, like, you know, takes a bite out of awesome. the Marquis' right-hand man. <laughs> the, like, the dog, the dog takes a piss right in the... Right in the uh, the bullet hole. I started cheering. I have always <laughs> wanted to see that in an action movie. I started cheering. My one of my favorites in that same scene too is John gets kicked all the way down, and then you see Kane just. You there, John? 
I really need you to get up those stairs, John. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then they're just like, you want six or 12? Or 12 or nine? Nine. Uh, yeah! And he just screams and they go charging up the steps fucking murdering people. Dude, that is, that is amazing. It's, 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 it's one of those things where you can understand. It's the weird fine line that this movie rides that I don't get how they pull it off and never fall out. It's a movie where it's an action film about assassins, but the assassins almost understand that they're in an action film while it's going on. But it doesn't feel like they're trying to be movie stars, if you get what I mean. Like, Mm -hmm. they are... (laughs) It's so weird to explain how they pull it off, but God, it's the best. (laughs) So good. And it's like... Everyone's like, does the movie have to be almost three hours long? I'm like, okay, we'll see when I watch the movie. I'm like, I wouldn't cut that. I wouldn't cut that. <laughs> wouldn't cut that at all. Oh, that scene lasted a half an hour, but it was fucking sick. Yeah, I'm not cutting that. <laughs> yeah, some. Uh, I'm going to use another phrase that Chris Stockman uses. Sometimes a movie needs to just be as long as it needs to be. And in this case, exactly. if this is going to be the finale for John Wick, I can't see a better possible finale for this character. So another thing for those who don't know, um, before COVID, the original plan was to shoot John Wick chapter four and chapter five back to back. Obviously because of, you know, extenuating circumstances that couldn't happen. So my kind of tinfoil hat theory is that they combined elements from four and five and that's and that's why this is like significantly the longest film in the franchise so far because a ton of story beats to get him to that duel happen in this a shit ton happens yeah and and while it would have been cool to at least get one more movie out of this uh, to kind of add to your tinfoil hat theory. I can't really complain if that was an actual possibility. It's not the worst idea. Literally, they took lemons and made lemonade out of it. Mm-hmm. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, something something else I, I wanted to talk about is um, how how much I would love to see Chad Stahelski direct a Western. Cause one, cause oh, one of the coolest yeah. things that, um, that happens in like pretty much the first, the first like the 10 minutes is, a bit. <laughs> yeah. Like, like Keanu oh. basically dressed as the man in black chasing down, chasing down some like the elders people. And it just looks so cool. That is cool. Yeah. There's also a bit of some Western influence in this movie, too. Like it it just takes every great action subgenre and just like influences internationally. It just throws them all in a blender and just makes the best possible smoothie out of it. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it's like you'll see Kiona that like it's been in for a while that Stahelski is going to be directing the uh Ghost of Tsushima movie. Oh, and man. when yeah. you see the fight at the the for at the other continental, bro, oh my lord, that movie <laughs> is gonna be sick. Yes, because it's just like things you don't think about, 
And like, yeah. I think Nick said, Nick agreed with this earlier. Like, there's a point where it's just like something I haven't seen in a movie before. There's a point where one of those big jacked, like body armored guards that the table have come into the Continental and they're, the Continental staff is fighting with arrows, samurai swords and guns as well. But this guy goes up to cut, to kick Akira, the head of the Continental's daughter. And then one of the guys in the background notices it, shoots and blows an arrow clean mm -hmm. through the guy's kneecap. He falls backwards and then she just pops two in his head. I was like, that was a short two action snippet that I can't remember seeing in another movie. Huh? No, but it's, it's like, there's little scenes like that. They're like, okay, describe to me how the Continental assault happened. Mm -hmm. I, I can't. Why? Because it was bad. I'm like, no, because too much happens. I, <laughs> phys I physically can't describe it to you. And that's like, and, and normally that, when I yeah. tell someone that I can't describe to them how an action scene happened, mm -hmm. that means they shot it badly. They shot it bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The exactly. difference in John Wick movies is I can't describe it to you because my brain can't remember everything that happened. And this, this is, this is what, why, um, it is beneficial to watch this multiple times because, yeah. because he, but even then you still won't catch everything. No. Like you basically have to go into each like subsequent viewing, like specifically looking for something. Hmm. Oh, did I mean, yeah. I was already going to watch this movie, and you guys are just convincing me to, to watch it even more. Oh, it's now. the best. <laughs> it, it, it's the absolute best. Yeah. And, like, I don't know cool. how much more we're going to talk about. We haven't mentioned him a whole lot in it, but it's like, I was upset, obviously, considering what happened, and then the fact that what happens with Lance, and I shit you not, like the first 10 minutes of the movie, there's a great thing that happens later on that I was hoping that they were just going to, like, ignore that he existed there's a great point where at the end they're talking about how Winston didn't know how to, what to put on Karen's uh, gravestone. And then they go through all this, that, and then the exact thing that he decides on was friend above all else. That's what he was a friend. And that's all that like, just it's like that. It hits so good. And I'm just like, Everyone in this character, these films, had a greatly defined character. They weren't yes. just something where it was some cheesy one-off. And, like, there was even some of that, too. But it's like, you wanted some of them to be grade A's 100% cheese. And, like, there were some that were incredibly sincere characters where it's just like you don't realize how much you're going to miss them in these movies so you don't have them anymore. And I just... Yeah. And how close they were like it also speaks just to Keanu like one of my favorite interviews from before this was Lance talked about like some of the favorite things that they had on set and like well what was the coolest thing that probably happened he's like Keanu on Keanu Reeves's birthday they were shooting a scene where Keanu was not involved Keanu came with his girlfriend to the shoot specifically because she asked him what do you want to do today and Keanu said I'd like to go see Lance act because oh he, he appreciated oh Lance that much in the movies. He sat, watched him act, and then just showered him with compliments. And he's like, what are you doing here? It's your birthday. He's like, I wanted to come see you. Yeah. And then just like, 
group. There's not a lot of movies where they're that like that close with each other. And I keep hearing all these stories about how close this crew was with one another. As soon as someone came on the set, they were welcomed with open arms. And it's just like, you're doing these great action scenes. You have to be able to trust each other. And like, they're fully getting people in that like want to be in these because they know it takes a commitment. Mm -hmm. And like, I agree with Nick Foley where I don't want to see anymore, but it just sucks because this is such a good team. Yeah. That they have together. You also don't want to see them break up or, or move on. Yeah, to different where it's things. like, yeah. it sets a high standard for what I... It, the John Wick movies are some of the best and worst things that happen to action films. Best thing being, it proves that action films are better where you can actually fucking see the action happening. Two, yes. it's going to become that new thing that everyone describes action movies as a, as a comparator. Um, I, said, I said this last time, um, but the the quality of the John Wick movies compared to their um, contemporaries reminds me so much of after the Lord of the Rings trilogy, people got scared to do um, high fantasy or sword and sorcery because they knew they couldn't live up to what Peter Jackson accomplished. Yeah, true. At the same time, though, I kind of do wish that it does continue the trend of more hard R action movies. Oh, I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna keep so. getting stuff like Nobody, if we're gonna keep getting stuff like Atomic Blonde, I'm yes. not gonna complain too much. Yeah, not either. Same. Yes, just, just good quality, and don't be and don't for the purpose of well, John Wick's not here anymore. We don't have competition. Load up sixteen hundred of them that we don't care about and end up being pieces of shit good ones like nobody and exactly i was going to mention atomic blonde if you didn't yeah. yeah yeah oh yeah as long as it's not going back to the jason bourne style of action movies i am good yeah yeah i think i think i think we've clearly moved on from from I that think, yeah. style at least i hope yeah. just and just so. make them good movies don't what i don't want is another person to try and make another well, we're going to describe the baddest ass motherfucker on the planet, too. We're going to make him just as cool as John Wick. Don't have that be your premise for why we're going to make a movie. John Wick wasn't cool because he was cool. John Wick was cool because it lived up to what described him as, and then he had a good, pur good purpose behind why he did it, and then we sympathized with him. Don't just try and make a badass motherfucker because you think he's a badass, and then just have a purpose behind why you do something. Yes. Yes, precisely. If you're going to make it dumb and just be fun action, be good with that too. Be sure of what you're making. We like John Wick as much as we did because they knew exactly what they were making. Mm -hmm. At the at the end of the day, that is what's the most important. Mm -hmm. Now, I said we'd leave some time to pay tribute to Lance Reddick, and that's that's exactly what we're going to do. So mm -hmm. I've. I've asked everyone to come up with their first exposure to the actor and their favorite. And if you want, it can, it can be one and the same. Um, so Nick, I'll start with you. What was your first exposure to Lance Reddick and what would you consider his, your favorite role of his? So the first time I ever saw him on screen with movies or television 
was probably uh, the J.J. Abrams series Fringe. That was probably the first time I saw him in anything. Same. But my personal favorite project that he's been a part of is The Guest. If any of you have not seen The Guest and are just going to be dismissive of it because of that awful Death Note Netflix movie disaster that came out five or six years ago, don't even. Just go into this movie open-minded. It's not quite a horror movie, but it's not quite just a pure action movie either. I can't give it high enough of a praise. It is one of the most fun experiences across an hour and 40 minutes you'll ever have. It's insanely well shot. You like the characters and just the plot twist in regards to the main character is just brilliant. Just go watch the guest. It's awesome. I do. I do love the guest. Um, that was probably one of the first times that I really understood how great Dan Stevens is as a leading man. Mm-hmm. Um, Plus, I will never not complain if Micah Monroe walks into frame. Never. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Kiona, what about you? Your first and or favorite? Um, like Nick, it was Fringe. For me, it was the first time I ever saw it. And who could mistake his voice and everything, you know, Royals. So, I mean, that that's just brilliant. I just, I love him. Love the way he even said his name. Love the way he said liaison in the, in the first freaking pilot of that show. But anyway, um, my favorite, though, for me, big time Destiny player. So, for me, he will always be my commander. He will always be Zavala. Um, it's, I was, I was writing this to my friend earlier, uh, and I told her that like, it's, it's a strange sort of parasocial connection that we feel, especially as, as gamers, I think, uh, especially because like, he wasn't just a face on a screen for me. He was the guy, he was that, that voice as I was playing, as I was playing Destiny, and I played this game for like 10 years. I played it since the alpha for Destiny 1. So like way back in like 2014, whatever it was, I don't know, 2013 maybe. It's just like, it's crazy to think that like, he's not gonna be there because his was one of the first voices that you heard in that game. And um, I, exactly. And, And you just feel that, you just feel that connection there. It's like he's the guy that that comforted us when Cade died in the game, which was Nathan Fillion's character in the game who uh, got killed. You know, he was, and I'm a hunter, so he was my vanguard. He was the guy that was giving. He was like our, you know, the vanguard is like the three leaders of the city. So like, so Zavala is a certain class. He's the Titan class. Cade was the hunter class, which is mine. I'm a hunter main. And Ikora, who was who was voiced by Gina Torres, but has now switched over to a different actor, um, is the Warlock Vanguard. So, like, and basically, the the hunters are like the loose cannons who like to go off on their own. They're like the the loners of the group. The Warlocks are like the scholars and like almost like the magic users in a way. They're like the really like introspective ones. And the Titans are like the stalwart defender, like. The, the pillars of, of the city in the game. And so, like, Zavala was very much that. 
And that was all Lance Reddick. It was all his performance. And it was all like the warmth in his voice, the, the, the strength and the sincerity and the genuine like caring that he had in his performance and in just in just that voice alone that unmistakable delivery it was just like incredible so like his his passing really affected me and it really hit me and i'm like i'm i i watch those tribute videos to him and i just i'm in tears and like i don't even know why it's just one of those things where it was so unexpected that it just yeah, it's devastating. Um, I, I don't know where the game is going to go or where the character is going to go without him. And I just, I, I don't know how to deal with a Destiny game that is not only missing my Vanguard, my, Nathan Fillion's performance as Cade, but now is going to be missing Zavala and is going to be missing Lance Reddick. And not just in the game, but also in just in life in general. And so I don't know how I'm going to deal with that. And I don't know where it's going to go. And it's so strange that like in the game right now, like we are in the game, in the narrative, we are dealing with the death of a different character. It's not Zavala. So Lance Reddick is still there. His voice is still there. But it's a different character. And you just hear him saying like, you know, devotion, bravery, sacrifice. And you hear him say, like all these all these ruminations and thoughts about about death and about what it means to deal with it and how his character in particular is not dealing with it well. Um, and and just feels like feels like you know you know like I I begged for 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 missing friends to return and it's a false hope, it's a lie, and with each death. The traveler, who is like God, essentially, remains silent, and it is so meta right now. It mirrors exactly how all of us are feeling with with the loss of Lance Reddick. And um, to me, it's a strange tribute to him, and it's also something that just makes me break because I. I don't know where it goes from here. And it's funny because now here we are talking about John Wick and it's like one of the things that the John Wick movies are about, which is, as you said, Brock, and as you said, Nick and, and Mike, all of you have said this, it's really about grief. Mm -hmm. It's really about how is he going to live his life without his, his wife there and, and without his dog there and without like, you know, how do you deal with that? How do you move on? And maybe, Maybe it's not about moving on. Maybe it's just about going day by day, moment to moment. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, so for me, it's just, it's destiny. That game means a lot to me. And even though it's like, it's such a, in a way, it's such a dumb game. You know, here we are getting weapons made out of this, the, 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 the remains of our fallen adversaries and we turn them into weapons. Mm. It's just, it's, it's so ridiculous, but like, at the same time, it's my comfort game, and it's the it's the thing that I always go to when when I just need to veg out or when I need to just be away from all these things that are causing me, you know, emotional distress and and uh, yeah. So I'll I'll cut it short now because I've been talking for a long time. But like for me, it's 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 always going to be destiny, whether we wanted it or not. We've stepped into a war with the Cabal on Mars, nice. but you know, it's it 
just thinking about that, thinking about those lines, it's just Lance Reddick to a T. Hey, nice. don't be sorry about that, man. That was great. Thank you. Well said. Brock, what about you? Boy, I'd have to remember the first I want to say the first thing I saw him in because I didn't watch a ton of TV was John Wick. Like the first one I remember. Now it was before John Wick because I did play Destiny. I just didn't realize yeah. past the voice that it that, that was like Redick. I just always but it was and then my favorite, it's beyond the shadow of a doubt. My favorite video game of all time for 17 years was Banjo-Tooie. Nothing hit me, and I had just enjoyed nothing as much as I enjoyed that. And then Zero Horizon Zero Dawn hit, and mm. everything, that game, literally someone plucked my brain out in my sleep, stuck it in an algorithm, and then made that game. I, I've never had something be more physically tailored to everything that I love in my life than that piece of media. Like that and Gurren are the two things where it's like, what is everything that Brock Hatfield likes? We're going to make the best version. And then the main character is Aloy, but your main weird sticking point is this guy, Silence, who's always in the background doing this <laughs> stuff. Not only is he voiced by Lance Reddick, he's literally mocap, facial skin, the whole shit. It it's is just Lance this. Reddick with like blue pipes Reddick. running in and out of it. It literally yeah. looks identical to him. Yes, it does. And he's just this guy that's always in the background, either helping you or being the biggest dickbag in the world to you. He is so good at being able to play both, and you never feel like he's putting on an act. It's always his own mutual self-interest, and he uses Aloy all the time. He helps her sometimes, and it's just, you're always waiting for the next time in the narrative when Silence is going to show up. And first game was great. The second one, you get this like turning point with him. And it's, he just got to do all of these great moments. And I've, fucking God, I think I have 500 hours in on that first game and like closing in on 200 here. It's a single player game. I've just played it that much. And it's, it's just one of those performances where no one does that. Like you don't get a ton of action scenes with him. 90% of what you get with him is him talking. There are few people that are able to verbalize where like just announce words and have you on the edge of your seat like reading the fucking phone book lance reddick could do that yes there's very few people that you're just like i want to hear him talk i don't care what he talks about yes and just bringing you through and the main reason why she keeps trying a lot of this stuff is like based around lance he's a big driving force and all that and then it's like in this fucking they just announced the dlc that's coming out next month and they were like, oh, they always have some way you're going to trigger the DLC. And I'm like, okay. They're like, you get a call on your focus, which is a like a futuristic like VR kind of the detective vision of this game. Mm-hmm. And then I find out in a prep video that the way that you're going to get told about it is silence calls you over your focus. So I am going to have this character who is finally making his turnaround to finally be like a full on possible ally and be super involved in the third game, other than being kind of a guy that was just around to being like on your main crew for an entire, another 80 hours to just, he's not going to be there. And the last thing I'm getting of him is next month. And it's just, it sucks. Cause it's just one of those people that Lance was either the biggest sweetheart on screen, the most conniving dick bag, a total dick, or just the biggest dork. Lance Reddick was one of the biggest nerds on the fucking planet. 
I mm. hate it. I cannot even physically put into words how much I fucking hated that Netflix Resident Evil series. Lance Reddick was one of the most entertaining things I've seen ever, and he was in it. I continued watching that because of him. He yeah. was having the time of his damn life. There's few people that will realize they were handed shit and make you a yogurt parfait out of it that you would eat gladly, like Lance Reddick. He's ridiculously talented. To the point of where, when he does his voice for movies, like um, the guy who played Zero, they got off the scene, he's like, good to meet you. So I talk, he's like, you don't actually talk like that? Your regular voice is normal. Like, it blew his mind that he could just put on that great voice. Mm -hmm. And like, I wanted to share a really great quote of like, just showing you the range of like, what silence was and how I'm not going to get a character like that. Mm -hmm. Trust is for fools. It shifts and crumbles like sand, a poor foundation for any partnership. But mutual self-interest, now that's a solid bedrock upon which you and I might build a new science of understanding. <laughs> but then you also get where he was going for years trying to figure out this stuff that only Aloy could unlock because she was a clone of this person that was a part of this long project ago. And then mm -hmm. he's finally done with her, know which he used her enough where he could go away. And it's silence i've done all i can from here on out the rest is up to you a like where will you go elsewhere and anywhere there's so much to discover out there before the world ends and all aloy and all of this silence i leave it to you of course as it turns out it was all yours all along i was just trespassing anyway mm. and it's just i just you finally get to the end where he was going to go away and possibly never be in a game again and then he comes back and he's gonna help it's just it's you don't realize how important some characters are in video in like any form of medium until they're not there. Like I always loved Lance, but it never hit me how much I loved Lance until he was gone. And you don't like Keanu with action roles. Lance was one of those people. You didn't get any less than 170% from Lance ever. Like Keanu mentioned destiny. He was playing Destiny until wee hours of the night, the night before he died. Yeah. For people that don't know, he died of natural causes at 60. Not some horrible accident or something. He just, what I assume is died in his sleep. At 60. At 60 at of 60. natural causes. That dude was in excellent shape. And for what I hear from everyone describing it, was built in one of the most healthiest people they've ever met. Yeah. Cherish everyone that you have. Yeah. Natural causes at 60 to an unbelievably healthy and well kept care of person. Yeah. And it's just, I'm going to miss him so much. Like, and not even just the big stuff he did. Right before this started, we were watching Toys R Me, the Eric Andre appearance of him. <laughs> yes, and yes. Like the, and the IHOP thing. Nice I try, I think, yeah, It's just warp speed, don't rainbow read me, you motherfucker. <laughs> he's one of yes. the. He might be the only person on earth that actually shook Eric Andre. Yeah. And it was completely at random. He didn't even tell me he was going to do. He just punched a fucking hole in his desk. And Need a new desk. <laughs> <laughs> and just like, there's few, and like straight face actors, like what a lot, like that toys are, that toys are me thing. Oh, the, brilliant. The, the moment when that one female act, female worker goes into the bathroom, he's like, you've got 15 seconds to get the, Fuck out of there before I drag you out myself. She comes out. Can you just please give me a break? I'm on my period. The fuck you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. 
Let me guess, I'm the old man in the story that didn't appreciate when he's like, no, you were the stringy shits that the dog took from his canine whatever. <laughs> <laughs> cool. He's also oh. just one of those actors that you don't get the way that he can animate his face. Yes. That guy was an all-round package. Just the world, it's just one of those where it's the world is lesser because he's not here. Yeah. And you're never going to get someone like that ever again. That just his character, his personality, his view on life, how he treated people, and that fucking voice that was as smooth as Tennessee whiskey. You just cannot replace that in a person. You can't. Right. And it's just, there's going to be those roles now where you're just like, if it was made, that'd be Lance doing it. It's You just see characters that are meant for that person, and in my opinion, it's not typecasting. It's just no one's going to do that better than that person. It's true. Can, can you, like... I wouldn't have been invested in a fucking reception clerk if it wasn't Lance Reddick. Like, you... <laughs> How? That's true. Um, so, yeah, kind of like kind of like Brock. I didn't... I catch him in a lot of his more iconic TV roles. Like, I haven't seen The Wire or Fringe or even Oz. But yeah, I'd, I'd say John Wick was probably the first time. Either that or the guest were the first times that like I knew I was watching Lance Reddick, and he was terrific in in those roles. But I think a personal favorite of mine, and I might be a little bit biased because Ducktales is one of my favorite shows That's of all time. Right, I forgot about that. So. Lance Reddick plays a um, an alien named uh, General Lunaris who lives on the planet Moon. Yes, that's right. I said planet Moon. Planet Moon. Uh -huh. um, it 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 is one of the most ridiculous sort of setups for an like evil alien organization. But Lance Reddick is so good at committing to the bit. That every time he was on screen, I was just having a, a ball watching him. What was the other one I was trying to think of? That's the other one I was thinking of. He was in Castlevania. Oh. And also, I forget until now I saw it now. He also was Rachel Ghoul in Beware the Batman. Oh, oh wow. Shit, really? That is yeah. perfect, actually. That's right. And he was Falcon and Earth. Oh, my gosh. I forget some of the stuff oh, he's crap. done. He's he, done he, so much. he also has a recurring role in um, the Legend of Vox Machina. He is one yes. of he's one of the oh. um, the dragons of the uh, Chroma Conclave. He's uh, Thordak. And then one of the last things that he'll um, that will be released uh, posthumously is he's playing Zeus in Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Yes, and from oh, what yeah. I understand and what I heard, Bungie did say that he's got more stuff coming in the future. Yes. Yeah. yeah, they recorded quite, uh, I, I think, quite a lot, at least for the next few seasons, maybe. Hmm. <sighs> I remember that when they when they posted a, a tribute to him, uh, they posted like a message and, and they were like, um, I think it was at the end of one of the This Week at Bungie uh, articles or something where they said, they they were like, you know, they they paid tribute to him, 
and they thanked him, of course. And and then at the very end of the article, they said, you know, you know, this week has been tough, both in game narrative and outside of it. And they were like, you know, there are resources available. Like even Bungie is saying like to the fans, like if you need help, like get help because mm -hmm. like it's, yeah, it, it's, it's a real, it just so happened that it just lined up with this season and just the, the storyline and where it went. And then he just, he passed and it's just so like, it's hard to take. It's it happened right around when he, a bunch of stuff that he's in. Yeah. John Wick, the Horizon yeah. DLC, the new. Yeah. I, I you don't realize it. how much you don't realize how much stuff he really was in until he's yeah. gone. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I don't want him to not be here. I th I think that's why I'm I'm thankful that. A, he was he was in, you know, a lot of stuff that still has yet to be released. So even though he is no longer with us now, we will still have his memory for the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. That's that I'm you know, I'm just thinking of him saying eyes up, Guardian, and I just I'm like no. And I th and I think that's why bring bring this back to to John Wick, um, the way they handled um, Sharon's uh, departure from the series, they honestly handled it uh, very gracefully, all things considered. Yeah. I I don't really know anything else to say. Just you know, everything in this movie just handles send offs for certain characters so well. Just knowing that it had to coincide with his actual in real life death just kind of just makes that scene just hit that more hard. I want to end so this podcast on a um. A line that that Koji says kind of early on: "A good a good death comes after a good life." Mm -hmm. And from everything I've heard, it sounds like Lance Reddick had a good life. And he did. Hmm. So, somebody I, uh, in one of the tributes, in one of the Destiny tributes uh, to to him. Uh, where a lot of people actually participated in this, and so did I. Where, uh, like, we went to his character and just sort of had a had like a visual, and a lot of people were were doing like emotes and stuff that that represented um, the either the class of you know Zavala being a titan, so like his his character class, or just like anything that we could do that would show like some sort of solidarity and appreciation, and like. There was a video that somebody posted and then somebody wrote this comment of like of like um um what did they say it was it was something that really touched me and now i can't remember it <laughs> it was like um you know uh uh rest easy commander we have it from here we've you know we've we've got the watch over the city now and it's mm -hmm. like go into the light 
and I just fucking broke reading that. Mm-hmm. Too many people are gone. Well, I guess just with that in mind, just live your best possible life, accomplish a lot, go watch movies, listen to albums, work on great projects the way he did. Yeah. Just live. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy life because you only get it once. (laughs) Well said. Any any final thoughts um, on uh, John Wick Chapter Four to end this on a high note? Just just go, go see go. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just go. You're not going to be disappointed. Honestly, the only way I could see you being disappointed by this movie if you went in expecting to see something that wasn't this movie. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, exactly right. Honestly. How much of a banner year 2022 was for movies? 2023 is shaping up to be pretty awesome. So I'm not yeah. going to complain too yeah. much. Just go see this movie. It's great. Enough said. All right. So before we head out of here, um, Nick, where can everyone find you online? Super Saiyan Death Metal God on Instagram. I mostly post album covers, movies, video games, just whatever I happen to be enjoying at the time. That's probably the only place that you'll either get in touch with me or actually, you know, see me post my thoughts on something. So, yeah. And Brock, where can everyone find you? Find me everywhere on Organoid Zero, mostly Twitch and YouTube. And I'll be, depending on when this gets posted, finishing up Resident Evil 4. And then just basically playing more control until April 19th when that DLC comes out. And I will be a blubbering mess on stream. (laughs) So, yeah. And Kiona? You can find me on Twitter at Neoplasmic24, and uh, I'm on a bit of a Twitch break, so not really doing that as of yet. Uh, hopefully coming back soon, but I have to go to therapy first. <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally have to go to therapy. I mean, that seriously, like I actually have a, a, an appointment scheduled, so I'm Good. Yes. happy for that Good. because I, Good. I definitely, it's been a rough year. It's been a rough year. Good. So, Good. I, I, on honestly, I am, I am glad you're taking that first step. Thank you. This is the thing. No one, and I mean no one, two things. A, ever be ashamed to say that you need to be therapy. That's right. And two, fuck all the way off if you ever try and give someone shit for feeling they need therapy. Yeah. Fuck you. You don't know their situation. Shut the hell up. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so you guys can find me on Twitter at CaptainK42. You can check out my quick thoughts on letterbox.com slash CoachK42. And you can follow Renegade Pop Culture on Facebook and Twitter at Ren Pop Culture. You can also find us on YouTube, on Podchaser. Subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash renegadepopculture. Listen to all of our podcasts on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. And last but not least, everything can be found at renegadepopculture.com. Need escape? So do we. That'll do it for this episode of Renegade Marquee. We will catch you guys later, Nick. 
We have served. We were of service. Yes. <laughs>